0: Transfer news
1: Unlikely
0: I, Hey, that's not what I wrote.
1: I don't really care. We're going with it now.
0: Alright, soccer, <laughs> soccer new bracket America. Soccer New Black America. Feature it person do, do, do. talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to Soccer Noob Rocket America featuring you know who.
1: Hello. Yeah, that's
0: Person Who, my 11 year old kid. The two of us, we're going to learn a whole bunch about soccer. We're going to learn a whole bunch about the world through the lens of soccer. We are glad to have you along for the ride. This particular week, we're going to be giving you mini match previews, uh, ranging uh, potentially from Friday the 7th uh, through. Thursday the 13th, so welcome to your Easter tide, if that's a word, edition. Now, what matches are we going to be previewing? If you're new, you are in for a treat because we don't look at all the same matches that everybody else does. Yes, we will be looking at big matches from American leagues and big leagues over in Europe. And around the world, but we are not afraid to go to some of the smaller countries to far-flung corners of the world. If the match is a top flight match and it 's important where it's being played, it is on our radar, and that allows us to cover matches. Nobody else, probably in the western hemisphere, is going to. We appreciate your coming along for the ride. Let us waste no further ado and dive right in with match number one. No Friday matches were quite bright or shiny enough to make our final cut of 10. So match number one is a Saturday match and we start here close to home, Major League Soccer. The East and West Conferences will each send nine teams to the playoffs. In terms of international play, the CONCACAF Champions League specifically, the conference winners will get to go, plus one other high-performing team and the playoff champions. The U.S. will also send other teams to it, but those are the berths specifically through league play. Your matchup this week is a top-two matchup from last year. It's still pretty early in the season this year and still looks like a good one. Number three from the West, LAFC, playing host to number seven in the West, Austin FC. LAFC, they currently lead Austin by four in the table, and you can catch this one on Fox or on Apple if you have MLS Pass at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But I'm not going to be the one that gives you a preview. We've been getting some pretty good material from our uh, long, now long correspondent from Austin FC, Beauregard Bluebonnet. I will turn it over to you, sir.
2: Well, hello there, soccer noob. You know, since I've come on your show a few times now, I'm going to start out kind of professional-like. This is former rodeo performer Brazos Bob. At 91, I'm also by far the oldest member of my beloved Austin FC supporters group, the Naked Bongos. So I'm here in Los Angeles ahead of their big match with LAFC, Bongos in hand. Now we don't all travel to all the away games, but I was not missing this chance to pay homage to Austin FC co-owner and one-time famous real-life Naked bongoer himself, Matt McConaughey. His Hollywood Walk of Fame star is right outside of Madame Tussauds' House of Wax. Now, it's as hot as a fry skillet full of jalapeno peppers out here, so I just moseyed on inside. Here we, that was a mistake. Those wax figures were sure something, but them fake celebrities were weirder than a tutu on a rattlesnake. Well, when I got to McConaughey's figure, I was awestruck frozen myself. That led to some folks coming up and taking pictures with me. Now I know I'm sort of leathery from all those decades under the rodeo sun, but I got all mad as all get out from being mistaken for a wax figure. I started hollering, and those gals started a screaming, oh, it's alive, it's alive. One poor lady in her britches now, I'm a good Baptist, but that was funny. And now here's Matt star right outside. Oh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm moved. I promised myself I wouldn't do this, but it can't be helped. Oh, get these things off the It's too dang hot for clothes, anywho. It's naked bongo time. Austin FC, Matt McConaughey, to victory. Ew, what? Whoa, dang, never It's the police. Oh, golly, that was fast. I hope I'm not headed for the Who's Gal. Maybe I'll just get a ticket if they're all Galaxy fans. Match
1: number B.
0: Well, I dearly hope he doesn't think that we have the funds to pay any... Uh, Bail money to give him out of the uh, What did he say? The hoose gal or pay any sort of citation Good luck Mr. Bob Alright match number B And it is B not number 2 Because number 2 person who you have the right of it It's bathroom talk Let's stay cool match number B We travel south of the border to the top flight in Mexico, Liga MX, where the top 12 teams of the 18 will make the domestic playoffs, and the top four teams will get very important buys to the quarterfinals. Important in particular because of international play. You want to avoid that first round. The top two, the runner-up and the winner from the playoffs, will each get to go to the CONCACAF, uh, CONCACAF Champions League. That's from both the Apertura opening stage and the class who are closing stage of their season. They divide it into two separate seasons down there. Plus, two other teams will get to go. The best ones from the aggregate table who didn't win a stage. All right. That's the landscape. Your matchup, number four, America versus number one, Monterey. Looking at the table, Monterey are running away with it at 34 points. Toluca and Leon, 25. Club de America are at 24, and then three other teams trail them by just three. So it's quite a game. And musical chairs going for those top four spots. There's just four matches remaining in the single round robin stage that is this part of the season. You can catch it at 11:10 p.m. Eastern time, a late kickoff for Unavision. All right. The hosts first, as is our tradition. Club de America, known as the Eagles out of Mexico City, they are thought of as the wealthy team, the international players team, and so they are the most reviled team in the entire country. But hey, they're also the second most supported, if memory serves. They have won three Liga MX titles. Last time was 2018. Seven times they have won the aforementioned Champions League. 2015-16 was the last time. Mexican teams have really tended to dominate that event. The previous stage here in the 2022-23 season, they won the regular season, but they lost to Toluca in the playoff semifinals. They're currently in second place in the aggregate table, so they're in good shape to make uh, the Champions League next year. Number one on offense, two and a quarter goals per match, ordinarily ranked Number 10 for defense, but they're only giving up one and a third goals. Things are really tight in the league statistically in that particular regard. That's, uh, I wouldn't think too heavily on that or poorly of them for it. Key player, number one in league scoring by 50% with 12 on the season is Mexican striker Henry Martin. He's also tied for second best in assists at four. Uh, One of the top five players in the league, in my opinion. A couple interesting players to look at from there defensively. Uh, Jonathan dos Santos he is number one in the league in successful tackles per 90 minutes very physical player he does that four times per game LA Galaxy fans will remember him well for doing that he also played for Villarreal over in Spain and a little bit for Barcelona over there and then another fun one number one in accurate passes per 90 minutes Pedro Aquino Peruvian defensive midfielder who was an all-star just two years ago. And by the way, this is a really good passing team. All three of the best players in the league in this regard – come from this club. Team's current form, they are 2-1-0 in their last three. And now, Monterey, appropriately the steamroller, also the Rayados or striped ones. They have won five league titles, I think all relatively recent. 2019 was the last time. They've also won the Champions League five different times, even more recently, 2021. They finished second place in the regular season in the Apertura, or opening stage this year. They, too, lost in the playoff semifinals, they're number one in the aggregate table overall, though they're going to be in the Champions League next year. Uh, their stats are great across the board. Top three offense, number one defense, number one overall goal differential. No surprises there. Key players to look for for fun. Number one successful dribbler in the league, managing five of those for a match, is their Colombian Duvan Beragara, and their goalkeeper is really good too. Number one save percentage, 82%. A lot of leagues you don't have to get higher than mid-70s, and that is Argentinian Esteban Andrada. Uh, the best player on their team, in my opinion, or most valuable is probably their left back on defense, Jesus Gallardo. He's also got a goal and three assists, but a ton of clearances. Oddly, he's a very poor passer, but I guess that's why they have to play him on the left instead of a central position. Teams current form, they have 1-4 straight and are on an 11-1-0 tear. Match number three. More Saturday action. We stretch our wings at last and we fly over the Atlantic to the Premier League in England. A great match between the dreaded number five Tottenham Hotspur and number six Brighton and Hove Albion. Remember that the top four teams in this league get to go to. The Champions League, the next team down, number five, will go to the Europa League. And there is a good chance that the number six team will go to the Europa Conference League. We won't get into the particulars of how that works. Just suffice it to say that these are two uh, borderline Champions League teams who would like to climb a little bit higher, making this a really key matchup. Tottenham, they trail number four, Manchester United. By three in the table, they lead Brighton by four. So Brighton are probably this late in the season, not real likely to climb high enough. But they still like to improve their standing and get to the Europa League at the very least. And they have two matches in hand on Tottenham. They've played two fewer games. So advantage them in that particular regard. Series between these two in recent seasons has been all Tottenham accruing a 10-1-3 record over the last 14 when they played earlier this season. Hotspur did, in fact, get a 0-1 win. Let us talk about them first. Uh, Tottenham, here's what you need to know about them. They are named for Harry the Hotspur Percy, who is a 14th century English noble who earned his nickname, Hotspur, by charging recklessly, if successfully, into battles. But, Twice he betrayed different kings and posthus- posthumously was named a traitor for both instances. He is a scalawag, a ne'er-do-well, and all-around greatness, Yahoo. We do not understand how he's got a soccer club named after him, let alone a top flight one. I don't care that his family might own some land in that area of London. It would be like, oh, I don't know, naming the New England uh, team in Major League Soccer the Benedict Arnolds instead of the Revolution. Except worse, because Benedict Arnold apparently only did it once. Team Noob will carry no water for this team, and we wish them naught but ill and scorn. Okay, and now the visitors, Brighton and Hope Albion. We feel much more sanely about them. They are known as the Seagulls. Ah... That's soothing. They are out of East Sus- Sussex, which is in the east-southeast part of England. Uh, city probably has a little bit less than 300,000 people. It's known a lot for tourism because it's on the coast, but also a lot of creative digital and ele- electronic technology gets produced here. They have never won the Premier League. They've never even won the second division in England. Two different times they have finished runner-up, However, in the second division in the most recent time was 2016-17. So you can see it's a pretty big deal for them to be this high in the table. Last year, they finished in ninth place. This year, pretty well balanced and a little bit better on offense, getting almost two goals per match. They've got a top four goal differential, which holds out hope that maybe they can climb into the top four. It might all depend on what teams they have left to play, but it starts with really getting a road victory here probably in London Key players to look for Tied for uh, Or not tied rather But in the top 10 probably for league players Overall according to Mob Is Alexis McAllister And yes there's a space in there in the last name He is Argentinian and plays central midfielder For them, he's got 8 goals as well as an assist He is a very proficient Dribbler, passer and a darn good Tackler, he's even earned 16 National team caps for his Home country and then another interesting player with whom I was not familiar previously, number three in passing accuracy in the entire league is Lewis Dunk, who plays center back. He has been with this team his entire senior career since 2010, except for a brief one month loan out that he made to a second division team. Uh, he is also number one in conceded penalties with uh, three. So uh, that's not real good when you're doing things that are leading to other teams uh, getting penalty kicks. And then number three in successful dribbles per 90 minutes, another player with whom I wasn't familiar, uh, Keoru Mitoma, Japanese left winger with 15 national team appearances for the Japanese. Teams current form, they are 5-2-0 and oh, and climbing in their last seven. Match number number four. Back across the pond, we go to home once again. Still on Saturday, match number four from the second division here in the US, the USL Championship, where they are divided into conferences East and West, and the top eight from each conference will make the playoffs at the end of the season. Your juicy matchup in the West, number B, San Antonio versus number one, Sacramento Republic. Sacramento currently lead them by three on goal differential. Yeah, they're tied on points. Just like with Major League Soccer, it is a little early in the season to be really table. Hunting, But these are two very good teams year in and year out They lead a couple other teams by a total of three points at the table each You can watch this one if you choose on ESPN Plus at 8.30 in the evening But we're not going to do a full preview for this one This is the time of show where we like to learn how we're going to gamble on this thing And when it comes to trying to make money, we try to cheat And we do that by turning to our 3,500-year-old prognosticator for a drug-aided or drug-addled vision Noob Stradamus on the Thracian plains of Greece. What say you this week, oh mighty soothsayer? Uh, Uh, Hey, cookie, more pecani sauce. (laughs) This ain't paste pecani sauce. This stuff's made in New York City. (laughs) New York City? Match number
1: five.
0: Not the first time that's happened. Every so often we have a little trouble uh, getting the communications array to pick up Noobstradamus. Are, are we sponsored this week by Pays Pecani sauce? Oh, San Antonio made San Antonio for the football team. Okay, uh, I, I get that. We could use some sponsorship. I could just flat out use some uh, pay's Pecani sauce. Sounds tasty. I wonder if they even still make that. Match number five, we hop back across the pond once again, but this time head further east into Germany. Top flight, the Bundesliga, which is the third-ranked league in all of Europe, as opposed to England's earlier, which is considered number one in the world. Your matchup from Germany, number four, Freiburg versus number one, mighty Bayern Munich. Remember that this is another league where the top four teams will all get to go to next year's Champions League. Fifth place team Europa League, sixth place team Europa Conference League, the secondary and tertiary tournaments. Looking at this table, Bayern they currently lead number B Borussia Dortmund by two points in the table. They just overtook them last week. Freiburg they lead number five Leipzig by two, so they're trying to just hold them off more than anything. Uh, Freiburg, by the way, they've got to be approaching this with some confidence. They just beat Bayern Munich in their country's FA Cup. One to two on the road. Now they get them at home. You can see if they can do it again. 9.30 in the morning. ESPN Plus is the place. Freiburg is the host team Saturday. 350,000 people in that city roughly. It's only the fourth biggest one even in their own state. This is way down in the southwest corner of the country. It's a big wine grape growing region, but perhaps the thing it's best known for, this is a very green place and literally and figuratively, this is the entrance point to the Black Forest, probably the most popular one for tourists. Uh, This is also a very rich area and they are very advanced in their environmental practices. Obviously, that's all related to the proximity to the Black Forest. Footy-wise, they have made just three appearances in here in the modern area, let's call it the last 25 years, in European tournaments. This year, best they've ever done. They're playing in the Europa League, and they made the round of 16. They have never been to the Champions League. That would really be something for them to do it this year. Uh, four different times they have won the second division in Germany, and most recently 2015-16. So kind of like Brighton, it's a really big deal that they're up this high. Last year, they finished in sixth place This year, uh, the offense is the reason they're not doing better They're pretty good, they get one and a half goals per game But this is an incredibly high-scoring league They only give up one and a third goals per match And that's top four Their goal differential is only ninth best I feel like this is a team that overperformed. Unless they can keep going on the whole gritty, gutty performance track I think this is a team that is going to slide I like them for a draw at best here at home Key players to look for second best in league scoring is Vincenzo Grifo, Italian left winger. He spent his entire senior career actually with German clubs and uh thought mob app. They have him rated as the number four overall player in the league as he has four assists as well. He's an incredibly accurate shooter and a pretty good dribbler. So he can play a lot of roles in the offense and they've got the best goalkeeper in the league going, at least in terms of clean sheets with 10 and that is their Dutch netminder Mark Flecken. In their last three, they are 1-2-0. and 0. And now Bayern Munich. Boy, what can you say about them? That veteran, veteran listeners don't need anything from me on Bayern, pretty much. Uh, for newer listeners, I'll let you know, they win everything, pretty much. They've won every league title, I believe, uh, for the last 10 years, except for maybe one. 32 total league titles, six Champions League titles. The most recent one was just four years ago. Uh, their defense is second best. Number one offense by a lot, getting almost three goals per match. Uh, number three player in the league in terms of goals plus assists is Jamal Musiala. Their twenty-year-old attacking midfielder. Boy, he's going to be there a long time unless an English team decides to make him a billionaire. Pretty much, he actually played for at the uh for the English at the youth national team level. Uh, But he's moved over to the German team since 2021 and made 20 senior apps for them. Number one overall player in the league is Joshua Kimmich, their defensive midfielder. He does some wingback type of action, gets in on the offense, four goals, four assists, excellent on his defense, those two interception wise, good dribbler, good tackler second best in accurate passing in the league in terms of total volume is a guy I'm not familiar with a French player plays a center back for them named Dayot Upamecano, who's got 14 national team appearances for France since 2020. We won't be seeing him for this one though. He is suspended for this match due to disciplinary points accumulated too many yellow and or red cards recently. Teams current form. They are one oh, and two interestingly in their last three. Kittens on Parade. Yeah, we have no idea why, but that sounder means it's time to give you a recap of last week's matches. Let's get into it. Last week we did something we've never done before and started with our bonus matches. So explanations on these coming up at the end of the show when we do them once again. We started with a Sunday match for your ride of the week from the Japanese W E League, the women's side of things. Number one, Yurawa Red Diamonds took on number eleven, Albirex Niigata, and it was the late Baby Diamonds winning three 0 Player we said to look for. Yuki, let's call her Sugar. I like that. Sugasawa uh, did have one of the three goals. Your most meaningless match in the world, another Sunday match from the Pro League in Nigeria at the top flight there. Uh, number six in this in group B. They have two groups in that way. United beat the fourth uh, played the fourth place team, Niger Tornadoes, and beat them two to one. The player we said to look for, Musa Usman had a goal. Your match of disappointed, we went to the League of Ireland Premier Division, number nine, St. Patrick's. Athletic took on number 10, UCD, University College, Dublin. They're terrible. Uh, St. Patrick's won 3-0, no surprise there. That moved them up to number 8. And now your main 10 matches, Saturday match number 1 is from Major League Soccer. Number 11 in the West, Vancouver, took on uh, Montreal, which was number 15 in the East at the time. Vancouver won 5-0. It's going to be a long year for Montreal, their new with their new manager. Uh, Brian White, a player that we said was struggling, he actually did have a goal. And Julian Gressel, key man that we said to look for, had a goal as well. This moved Vancouver up to ninth place, just barely into a playoff position. Match number B, another Saturday match number B, Bayern Munich and number one Borussia Dortmund out of Germany's Bundesliga. Bayern in a shootout, won four to two, and you now have a new league leader there. It seems a little weird to even call Bayern Munich. The new league leader, they've been the league leader for like the last uh, 10 years. They were only out of the position for, I think, a week or so. Match number three, more Saturday stuff from Champions League group stage action in Africa. Number three, Al Ailey hosted number B, Al Ilal Omdurman from Sudan and got a 3 0 win that moved them up into second place in their group. That means that they will advance to the knockout stage. Congratulations, Al Ailey. Match number four, Saturday, yet again, Liga MX. In the Clausura stage, number B, Club de America, versus number three, Leon. They played to a 2-2 draw. Interestingly, Leon led in this game, 0-1, and then two goals went to Club America, and Leon got the equalizer in the 94th minute. Yeah, added extra time. For Club de America, their star striker, Henry Martin, had yet another goal. No change in the table there. Flipped the calendar to Sunday for match number five, the Costa Rican Primera División, the Clausura stage, number B Alajuelense took on number one Supriza, classic historical matchup to the big three. There. Saprisa got the road win. A little bit of a surprise. Nil two. No change in the table there. Match number six from the African Confederation Cup. That's their version of the Europa League group stage action between number B, USM Algier, and number four out of Libya, Al Akdar in their group. Uh, USM got the 4-1 win. Uh, Al aqdar was really overmatched from the get-go. Uh, for Alger, uh, Ayman Mahias, their star player, had a goal. Uh, there was no change in the table here, and that means. That USM Alger actually did get to advance to the knockout round. Match number seven from the División Profesional, up a tourist stage in Paraguay. Number one, Libertad took on number three, Sarah Porteño. And Libertad said, we're not giving this up 5-0, they beat Sara Petainio. Nobody saw that coming, out don't think. Uh, That was not enough of a loss to drop Sarah Petainio, but they managed to hold on to uh, third place. Match number eight from Martinique's División de Honor. Number one club, Francisque, took on number B, Samaritain. And Francisque won 3-1. That dropped Samaritain all the way down to number four. Tuesday, match number nine from the FA Cup in Poland. We went minnow-watching. Third division side KKS 1925 Kalisz took on number uh, probably number one in the uh, league again this year in the top flight Legia Warsaw. I thought this would be a blowout against the third division team, but Legia Warsaw only beat them 0-1. Nevertheless, they advance in the FA Cup there. And match number 10 from the U.S. Open Cup second round. Forward Madison was to have played Chicago House, but due to impending severe weather, uh, that match got postponed. It is being played on. Tuesday of this week. That concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's get back into exploring the upcoming week's matches with... Match number six. I suppose I could have ordered this all geographically, but then we wouldn't be earning so many frequent flyer miles. We're headed back to CONCACAF land, specifically the Caribbean, and it is the French territory of Martinique for the second episode in a row, actually, where their top flight is called the Division de Honor. Uh They are a French territory, so they are not part of FIFA, but they do get to play in CONCACAF. That's the case with a lot of the uh, territory nation states, if you will, that are in the Caribbean. This one is ranked number 17, uh, 17 of all Concacaf leagues. Uh, they only actually rank 18 on the website that I really like, Kick Algorithms. Uh, more than half of them, mostly Caribbean uh, territories and nations, just don't get enough international play to earn a meaningful ranking. Give you a little bit of perspective. Uh, in terms, If they were in Central America, they would be the worst team just barely, and that includes, or worst league rather, including being below Belize, which is a fair bit smaller and therefore uh, more lowly rated than a lot of the other uh, Central American countries. It's not set up for sure how things are going to work in terms of international berths. CONCACAF is shaking things up these days. There's going to be a new event called the Caribbean Cup, which will be a feeder tournament to the CONCACAF Champions League. When it comes to these smaller and semi profo or probably in this case amateur leagues, they have yet to announce how they're going to divide up the berths. Suffice it to say, you probably want to win the league to have any chance of getting there. This league has two parts to its season, the regular season, and then they've done this. they divided the league in half into championship round and relegation round. The points start completely over, so all you had to do was finish in the top half, and then you've got just as much a chance on paper as anybody else. They're playing a double round robin here in the championship round stage, and they're about halfway through. Your matchup is number B, Club Colonial versus number one. We talked about them last week. Club Franciscane, they dispatched last week's second-best team in Samaritan. This week, there's a new contender, and when they played earlier this season on the road, Club Colonial absolutely trounced them 0-4. But we're not going to do a full preview of this particular one. This is the time of show where we take a break to let Persanoob have her very own segment. As much as she loves soccer like her daddy does, there is something even closer to her heart. And that is animals on the brink of extinction. Let's get into it. Animals, 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 animals from, from around, around the, world the world that I gets to eat. No. Are you sure? I like to eat the cute animals. You them cannot being... eat. But then, when they're endangered, it improves the taste. I'm sure of it.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. Dad, scientifically, does it? Someday, Ali, will eat all the animals. I'm an omnivore. I will eat you. Oh, you're an omnivore, too, because you eat plants and people. You're a salad-loving cannibal, aren't you? Yes. All right, let's talk about the animal that uh, I would say you picked out, but nearly as we can tell from our research, this is the only animal that is endangered and endemic, which means that it's specifically from... Exclusively the island of Martinique. It is not on or at least from other Caribbean islands at all. And what is our animal this week? Martinique
1: the Martin What? the Martinique landshead.
0: Fingo. And Uh, what is its status?
1: Endangered.
0: Yeah, it's hard to look at the name Martinique and not want to pronounce it like Martinique or something, isn't it?
1: Martinique E.
0: Mar- yes, it has, Any you know, the Martinique Landsat and it is endangered. What are some other names people might recognize this snake by? The, Mar-
1: the Martinique Pit Viper, the Fertilance, or the Bothrop's lanceolatus.
0: Yeah, that last one sounds scientific, doesn't it? And it doesn't have any subspecies, is something that I learned. There's no recognized subspecies. So this, if this snake goes extinct, I mean, that's like it. There's not anything else in scientific terms truly similar to it out there. Uh, Give us a quick description. I mean, it's a snake. We all know what snakes look like, but... Uh,
1: It's brown, black, and gray, and it's five feet
0: long. And one of the coolest things about it is how it goes after its prey. What does it do when it wants to eat?
1: It ambushes
0: them. Okay, can you describe that?
1: So instead of, like, overly hunting, it waits for the prey to come and strikes.
0: And what kind of animals does it eat?
1: Rats, mice, birds, rabbits, lizards, frogs, snakes, and bats. Oh, and the bigger the snakes, the bigger thing it eats.
0: Right, so a big snake won't necessarily eat lots and lots of little things. It'll just go after bigger things that it can swallow. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I was little, I would try to put a little piece of cake in my mouth. And now that I'm big, I like to put the whole slice of cake in my mouth. Okay, maybe that's not totally similar. Because I'm not lying in wait for cake to just come by. I have to go out and overtly hunt the cake. All right, and is this a... If this snake were to bite you, what, uh, what what's the effect?
1: The venom has toxins in it that uh, that can like cause clotting, oh and bleeding in humans, as well as uh, muscle damage and swelling, and it can and it can be fatal.
0: All right, and so does that mean that these snakes are going to take over the world someday, and we have to welcome our new uh, Martinique mm-hmm. pit viper overlords, or is there anything to be done?
1: No, uh, there was anti-venom. Uh, that was made in 1993.
0: Huh so but it's still endangered i wonder why that is or how that is
1: well it's considered a threat well still it's considered a threat and people um uh, the government pays people to kill them
0: oh i see what you mean and uh so can you tell us anything about uh the population of the snake how it how it used to be anything about it now
1: Uh, I went on 97%, we think, from the 1970s to the early 2000s.
0: Oh, wow. And that was all exclusively pretty much to people just killing them off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did a little reading on my own uh, trying to find preservation, you know, since it is endangered. But, you know, this is a snake that uh, people are still paid to this day, I think. Uh, you know, to kill them because it's, Martinique is a densely, it's small, but it's a densely populated island and it's very hard to conserve animals in densely populated areas when they are dangerous. So that's pretty much all we have on the Martinique landside, except for one little bit of trivia that we have, don't we?
1: Flag trivia. Yay. The unofficial flag of Martinique has this snake on it. Uh, also, few flags have few flags have one gadsden flag and mexican flag and maybe on the
0: others yeah the old uh, the old navy jack i think also had one that would be the third one but those are the only three i think modern flags that happen to have snakes on them and i think on the mexican flag the snake is being like i think it's being carried by an eagle maybe so it's not like the gadsden flag where the snake is the primary thing but yeah you don't see snakes on flags a lot But this is one of the places where the country's official one doesn't have it, but the one that everybody kind of really uses there does. Well, thank you very much for introducing us to this animal. And now let's finish off with our last thing. We always look at pictures of babies. You know what? They kind of just look like brown gray snakes, don't they? They kind of look the same, but just a little bit smaller. (laughs) This isn't exciting as when they're birds or... You know, birds or other animals like the squirrel monkeys last week that we looked at <laughs> these are just smaller snakes that are not full grown yet something i read by the way is that these snakes uh when they when they come out uh they're basically already free living and i'm not sure how unusual that is for snakes but uh, they come out and they're basically ready to go on their own so i don't know how quickly they become ambush predators or what kind of i guess they would have to go over small and Small insects versus bigger animals. But, yeah, once they're uh, once they're hatched, they're ready to rock and roll. Turtles. Kind of like you. We're going to make you get an apartment next year now that you're 11, aren't you? As soon as you start middle school, you're out of the house. Okay, bye. <laughs> and that was... Aminals. Animals. Animals from, from around, around the world. E! Match number seven. It only worked this way by coincidence but no Easter Sunday matches. There were plenty of matches. There's a particularly good race going in Iraq, and the second and third place teams are playing one another. But we are going to skip ahead to Tuesday, head back to Europe once again. For the first leg of a Champions League quarterfinal between Benfica out of Portugal and Inter Milan, of course, out of Italy, you can catch this first leg on Paramount Plus or Spanish language on streaming service VIX at 3 p.m. Eastern time here in the U.S. Let's talk about Benfica. They are the second uh, lowest rated team left, I believe, alive in the tournament. Uh, They play out of the capital city of Lisbon. Uh, The name Benfica is a district in the northern part of the city. They are known as the Eagles. They're the most popular club in the country and they're known as a very working class uh, club and have those sorts of supporters. Europa League. They made the finals in both 2013 and the 2014 seasons. This is the 18th ranked club in all of Europe and uh, from the 7th ranked league in the continent. That is down one or two from a year ago. I know they got passed by the Netherlands. They qualified for this year's event just barely by finishing in third place in last year's Promira Liga. That's the top flight there. They had to enter back at the third qualifying round. So third qualifying round, playoff round, and then get through the group stage to get to this point. They advanced to this part of the knockout stage uh, by winning their quarterfinal over Belgian side club Brugge, seven to one on aggregate between the two matches they played. Ouch. Tied for number four in event scoring with six goals is Joao Mario. He plays midfielder for them. Interestingly, he actually spent a long time with his opponents today, Inter Milan, played for them uh, from 2016 through 21. Currently, this team is in first place and by 10 points with only one loss in the league season they will not be in danger of missing the champions league next year nor will they probably have to start in any kind of qualifying round they'll go straight to the group stage uh, they've got in league play they've got the number one offense and defense going the defense is particularly impressive to me they only give up About a goal every other match on average. Uh, Joe Almario that I mentioned earlier, he leads the league in scoring with 17. uh, And then he is tied with 21-year-old fellow striker Gonzalo Ramos in that regard. He will probably be moving on before too long, probably to Manchester United based on the rumors I've seen. Number one in the assist department in the league is Alex Grimaldo, their Spanish left back, who spent five years with Barcelona's reserve team before coming over here about six years ago. And then 17 clean sheets, he's got notched. Their number one goalkeeper in the league, Odysseus Blacadimos. He came up through the Stuttgart youth system in Germany, interestingly. Team's current form, they are on an eight-match winning streak. And now, hoping to upset that apple cart, Inter Milan. They qualified by finishing in second place in Serie A last year. They got to enter at the group stage. Uh, this is the fourth-ranked league in all of Europe, and they are just outside the top 10 in ranking for overall UEFA clubs. They got to play a Portuguese last uh, team last round as well. They beat Porto uh, 0-1 on aggregate, not very high scoring there. They're currently number four in league play, so just barely in a Champions League position. The defense, it's above average, but it's not great. Their offense is better. They're top four in that regard. So I'm uh, looking and hoping for a bit of a shootout in this game. Key player to look for, second-best league scorer, is uh with 14 Lautaro Martinez out of Argentina their center forward who's been there since 2018 but well, their most valuable player in my opinion is Nico Barella central midfielder uh he does a lot more than passing he starts the offense amazing dribbler by percentage of success and he's got five goals and six assists just incredible and the number 3 in save percentage for them goalkeeper Andre Onana from Cameroon, 73%. That's good enough for number one in a lot of leagues. He's got seven clean sheets on the season. He too came up with Barcelona. He made over 200 appearances, which Dutch side Ajax, who are really well known for their use system, before coming over here. Team's current form, they're on a bit of a slide. 0, 2, and 3 in all competitions in their last five, and they only scored two goals over that stretch. Maybe so much for that shootout I was hoping for. Match number eight. Moving on into Wednesday and to our farthest Flung corner of the world so far. Say hello to the Martyrs A Division, the top flight in Nepal, which is the 35th ranked league in all of Asia. The winner will get to go to the AFC Cup. By the way, if you're familiar uh, with Nepalese football in the slightest, you may be a little bit confused. Number one league, don't they have two of them? This is an amateur league. They did start up a professional league as well a couple of years ago, but I think due to COVID, maybe due to finances, that hasn't been held since, but I think they are going to be starting it up again and playing it at a different time of year. The matchup that's really key, it was a top two matchup when I first looked at it. Number four, and this is T. noob favorite because I used to work with a guy who was from this area and a huge fan, Manang Yangdi. They are playing host. And number three, Sat Dobato. It is very early in the season there. Uh, Sat Dobato, they trail number one, Kel by one point, they lead Shangdi by one. But this is the time of show where we don't give you a full preview. Once again, we use footy as an excuse to learn all about the world. It is time for a culture break. We always try to find something interesting, oftentimes a recipe, but we're going to go a little bit different route this particular time, something related to the home team. Well, actually, in this case, we found something for the visiting team rarity for us, uh, Sat Dobado. They are from the city of Lalitpur in the south-central part of the country in the Kathmandu Valley. The city name is a very interesting one. It has a number of possible oranges. Uh, oranges? Origins. That's the way the word's pronounced. The most interesting one uh, has to do with a uh, legendary god, Rato, uh, I'm going to pronounce it Mashindra, it might be Nath. there are two H's there in the middle as well as the one on the end. Rato Makhindra, let's go with that. Uh, that god was said to have been brought to the valley where this team is located from Kamuru. Kamachya, located in Assam, India, so from one valley to another. It was said in mytho history that he was brought there by a group of uh, three people that represented the three kingdoms at the time that were centered there in the Kathmandu Valley. This uh, this deity was uh, considered to be the god of rain amongst other things, and so they wanted to bring him there because they were having a particularly bad drought. Uh, a farmer named Lalit was the one who specifically physically was said to have carried him and so that is why the name of the town might be what it is, Lali being the farmer's name. What we know a little bit more for certain is that the ending P-U-R, that means township in uh, one local language or another. By the way, that god is also, uh, a cha- uh, the name of that god is also the name of an event, a chariot procession that honors the god uh, Vajrayane and then in Buddhism. He's a deity of compassion and has a little bit different name, well, a lot different name, um, Avalokitesvara. And then in Hindu, he is an incarnation of the god Shiva. So very interesting rabbit trail that you can go on looking up Ratu uh, Makhindranath, should you choose to, and a very interesting possible naming origin for Lalitpur. Match number nine. Another one for your Wednesday and back closer to home once again, one more time for CONCACAF Champions League action. They're ready to play in the quarterfinals, the second leg of their home and away two legged ties. So the second match between. Atlas out of Liga MX and Philadelphia Union from Major League Soccer. Uh, Philadelphia, they won the first leg 1-0. So if the quarterfinals, this look to be the most competitive because Atlas is going to be a pretty tough place to go play. The winners will get to play uh, an MLS side, either LAFC or Vancouver Whitecaps. You can catch this match on uh, FS1, Fox Sports 1, at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Atlas, they are known as the Foxes out of Guadalajara, and they qualified by very impressively winning both regular season stages of the 2021-22 season, and those were their first title since 1950-51. So welcome to International Play Club Atlas. Uh, last round, they absolutely stomped on Olympia out of Honduras, a uh, 4-1 on aggregate. They beat them. Uh, Atlas won the second leg 4-0, so they actually had to come back at that one. Uh, two event goals have been scored by uh, Julian Quinones, Colombian forward for them. He's also uh, the best player for them in league play. Uh, he is tied for third best in league scoring in league AMX with seven on the season. Here in the Clausura stage, the club, they're barely on the fringe of the playoffs. They're in 12th place. Uh, they're getting let down on both sides of the ball, but particularly defensively. They're only uh, in the top 12 in that regard. They do have the ninth-best goal differential. I think that they will make the domestic playoffs back in Mexico. Key player to look for, tied for number one in interceptions for 90 minutes. So one of their few uh, shiny defensive starts, he gets almost three per game. That is Gadi Aguirre. Uh, homegrown center back for them. Teams form over their last three matches, 1-1-1. Philadelphia, 2021, they made their only appearance in the CONCACAF Champions League previously and got all the way to the semifinal. They qualified for this year's edition by winning the Eastern Conference regular season last year. Last round, they beat El Salvador's Club Alianza 4-0 on aggregate. Uh, having scored two event goals for them so far. A couple of guys, uh, their known star, Daniel Gazdag, and another guy who I uh, didn't really know the name of, Andres Perea. The best player in the league here early on, though, is uh, Gazdag. For them, they're a Hungarian attacking midfielder. He's already got two goals and two assists in just a handful of games. Uh, but Philadelphia hasn't been that strong so far. One, one and two in their last four. And match
1: number 10. We're done.
0: Finally. Indeed. Finally, person new. But don't forget, we have our three super fun listener voted bonus matches after this. Match number 10, we hop across the pond yet one more time to Georgia. That's right. Not the state here. We're not going to the Masters. It's time for. Era of Newly Liga action—that is the hard to pronounce for me. Top flight in the Republic of Georgia, which is ranked only number forty-six in all of Europe, so they're in the bottom ten just barely. Because of that, they only get to send their champions to the Champions League, and that team has to start all the way back in the first qualifying round. Uh, they'll get to send a couple of teams to the same qualifying round in the Europa Conference League as well. It's very early in the season, but these two teams are starting to already get a little bit of distance from some other ones. Number B, Dinamo Batumi versus number one, Dinamo Tbilisi, Battle of the Dinamos. These are two of the three undefeated teams that are left here already in the league season early on. Uh, Currently, uh, Tbilisi, they lead Batumi by just one on goal differential They are tied on points The series between these two, advantage Tbilisi They've accrued an 11-5-9 record in recent seasons but we'll talk about the host as always first, Dinamo Batumi. Uh, Batumi is the second biggest city in the country, about 175,000 people is all. It's in the southwest part of the country in the very autonomous Adyara or Ajara region. Uh, it's considered the Las Vegas of the Black Sea. And probably not coincidentally, it is Twinned, they have a political relationship with the American city of New Orleans. Uh, Also, fun side note, they have a, a, maybe it's built by now, but the note that I saw said they have planned a 47-story Trump Tower. So... Uh, Depending on how the indictment for Trump goes and everything, uh, I'm sure he'll be released on his own recognizance, worst case scenario. But who knows? Maybe he's got a place to go abroad. I wonder what the extradition uh, treaty does or doesn't look like over in the Republic of Georgia. All right, enough of that. This is a club that is 99 years old, almost ready for that century birthday. look forward to celebrating with them next year. Uh, Two local clubs actually merged Then to form this particular one So in a sense the club is even older than that And yet in all that time They have only won one top flight league title And that was just two years ago Three times they've been to the Europa League Never gotten past the first qualifying round though 2021-22 they made it to the third qualifying round Of the Europa Conference League So they won a couple of two-legged ties That's the best they've ever done internationally uh, this year, they got to go to the Champions League, went out of the first qualifying round, and then immediately lost in the Europa Conference League in their second qualifying round. Not exactly sure why they got to go to the Champions League. They finished in second place last year if I read my notes correctly uh they're very well balanced uh, top two offense and defense they get two and a half goals per match. Number one scorer in the league, with five so far early on, is uh, their Brazilian striker. They've got three really good Brazilian players. And I just love this name. You could joke about it or not. I don't care. Flammarion. Yeah, I'll let you insert your own punchline. I'm just not going to go there. Team's current form, they won three straight matches with a nice old 9-3 and three goal differential. Now, Dinamo Tbilisi, they have won 19 league titles. This is your historic power. They've also won three of the last four and are your defending champions. Even going back to the Republic's Soviet days, they won the top league in all of the Soviet Union two different times. So when I say historical power, I really mean it for this team. they made the group stage of uh, one of the two events that is sort of now known as the Europa League, best they've ever done. Uh, 2016-17, they made the third qualifying round of the Champions League. That's phenomenal. This year, uh, they went to the Europa Conference League or fell down to that tournament at some point and fell out of it in the first qualifying round. They do have an international title under their belt. I don't know a ton about the event, but it was called the UEFA Cup Winners' Cup. And back in 1980-81, they got to take home that hardware. The defense is good, but the offense is amazing. Getting almost three goals per match. They are tops in that regard. Uh, Second-best league score is theirs to boast of with four on the season already, and that is Usmane Kamara. This game ought to be a shootout. Uh, Team's current form, they had their only draw on the season two matches ago bring forth the bonus matches and now perhaps my most favorite time of show because you the listener have had a chance to direct the content what do i mean well you can find me on twitter as soccer noob usa appreciate you chatting about the sport with me there and voting on any of our 3 bonus matches the first one is a first versus last place matchup that we dramatically call the
1: Route, 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 Route of, 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 of the week, 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 week.
0: And it is a Friday match, so chronologically the first one that we will have covered. And we're headed back to Asia, the Bangladeshi Premier League, which is just barely in the top 20 in Asia. The winner will actually get to go to the Champions League qualifying round. But not until 2024, 2025. A lot of countries are changing up their calendars when they start their leagues, and the federation, when they play the Champions League. So things are really in flux. Just trust me that that is accurate. Their runner-up will also get to go to the AFC Cup. It's not really an equivalent to the Europa League, but it is a secondary international club tournament. And then their third-place team will probably get to go to the AFC Cup. They will be listed as a standby team. They will fill in for some other team from some smaller, poorer country that decides that they can't get a license or go to the event for some reason. On the other end of the spectrum, two of the 11 teams are going to be relegated at the end of the year, kicked out into the fresh hell that must be the Bangladeshi 2nd Division. They're about halfway through the season here. And when these two teams played, it was... Uh, Your league leaders that won 3-0 Let's get into the match proper Number 11 in last place, AFC Utara They get to play host to Number 1, Basundara Kings Uh, The Kings won 3-0 as I mentioned But we will talk about Utara first We're always on the lookout by the way With this match for reasons to maybe believe That there's a little bit of hope For the last place team We're here to celebrate them And kind of root them on It's very American Let's root for underdogs Moderately Young Club, they were founded in 2019 They play out of Azampur, which is in the district of Uttara. Uttara is a suburb of the capital city of Dhaka Where actually most of the teams in this league are from uh, Azampur has, uh, or no, Utara rather, it's maybe 200,000 people there. It's in the northern part of the metro and it's really nice, the expensive party town. This is a planned satellite town. And because it's so pretty, there's actually a lot of dramas that get shot here uh, for television, presumably, maybe movies. They are the only winless team in the league. Oh no's. Last year, they finished in second place in the Bangladeshi Championship League, the second division, and so they got promoted. Unfortunately, what they might be best known for is a year ago when they're coach quit and accused the club of being involved with match fixing. One of the players after the season uh, corroborated that story. Nevertheless, the FA concluded that it didn't happen, and so the team wasn't punished and they were allowed to get promoted. Uh, They're going to get demoted again, (laughs) and it has nothing to do with match fixing. They've got the worst offense, sure, but they've got the worst defense by miles. In a league that isn't all that high-scoring, uh, they've got the third. They've got the worst goal differential by a factor of three because they give up two and two thirds goals per match. I, I wonder if they're even playing three at the back. On the offensive side, their team leading scorer with two. They're going to be relying on him big time. He might be your uh, tiny little glimmer of hope. That is Sultanbek Mamunov from Kyrgyzstan. Team's current form, ah, here we go, the silver lining for the team. They've actually managed to earn draws in two of their last three matches. But now, probably coming to drop the hammer on them is, and I hope I'm getting the pronunciation right, might be Basundara, but I think it's Basundara Kings. Uh, They play out of a Dhaka suburb of that name, another planned area, very upscale residentially. So if you like like your uh, soccer and soccer supporters, uh, rough and tumble and kind of blue-collar style, Neither of these is the team for you. They were founded in 2013. They've been playing in the top flight uh, for about the last five years. They are your defending champions and have won three of the last four titles. They wasted no time becoming the league power. Uh, they will get to play in the 2023-24 Champions League, by the way, 2018-19. And in the preceding season, they made the AFC Cup group stage. Uh this league is right on the border of uh, being good enough to only have to send teams to the Champions League. When you're kind of in the middle of the standings in Asia, you'll send a team to each one. And then the teams that are much further down, the Asian coefficient, they'll only send teams to the AFC Cup. Just to give you a little bit of a picture of what that's like, I think it's very interestingly organized. This is your only undefeated team left in the league, and in fact, their record is perfect. No draws either. Second-best offense. I'm surprised they're not number one in that regard, but their defense, amazing. They're only giving up one goal every three matches on average. On the offensive side tied for number one in league scoring with nine is their Brazilian star, Dory, who came over after having played for several second-division Chinese teams. Tied for number one in assists with six. Another Brazilian, that is Miguel Uh, Figuera. uh He plays midfielder for them, just 22 years old. will be interesting to see if he gets to move on uh, to a little bit bigger, better English, or not English, Asian League eventually. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. could. You're so boring. <laughs> We come in peace not to mock these two mid-table teams, but rather to celebrate them because what other podcast is probably going to talk about two teams on a regular basis or at all that are perfectly equidistant from the glory of finishing at or near the top and getting into an international tournament or the heavy drama that is having to suffer through a relegation battle, potentially getting kicked out of the league. The one that you have voted for is the Sunday match in the African tiny nation of Lesotho completely surrounded, enclaved by South Africa. We go to their Premier League, which is unranked in Africa. They've got about as many teams as Europe does in the uh, low 50s, but they only rank like top 40%. of them. once again, it's a case where the other teams just don't get really enough international play, I think. So they will only get to send their winners to the Champions League. On the other end of things, Three of the 16 teams will get relegated. Neither of these two teams probably have to worry about any of that. They're about three-quarters of the way or so through the season here. Your matchup, number eight, Machoka, taking on number nine, Lipkaho. I hope I'm getting either of those right. Better <laughs> probably not both. Uh, Machoka, they trail number one LDF by 20 points. Yeah, they're not going to the Champions League. They lead Lipcha. Uh, Lipcaho by three in the battle to finish in the top half of the league. Anyway, uh, Lipcaho. Meanwhile, they lead number 15. Mazenod Swallows by 15 points. That team represents the best team that's in the relegation zone. Yeah. These two teams don't have anything to worry about from that direction either. Machoca. Hey, they're doing pretty good. Uh, We would normally expect to see them in the next bonus match. We'll get into that momentarily. They won Division II last year, so they're freshly promoted. Uh, The defense, uh, not bueno. They're only getting, uh, they're giving up almost a goal and a half per match in a low scoring league. The offense is a little bit closer to average. Based on their goal differential, I expect this team to slide rather than climb, if anything. Team's current form they just beat a team called CCX. Uh, to snap a six-match winless streak and three-match losing streak. And that was at CCX, by the way, and uh, they're just ranked number 13, so it's not a huge scalp. Don't know a lot else about this team, but, hey, you try finding stuff on (laughs) soccer or anything else from Lesotho. It's surrounded by mountains, for goodness sake. No information gets in or out, hardly. I don't know that that's true. Probably not. Uh, Lipkaho. They are the Mighty Hawks. I love the adjective in there. Uh, They play out of the uh, city of Moyeni, which is the capital or what they call there the camp town of the state or district of Kuthing, Q-U-T-H-I-N-G. It's the most southerly of all the towns in the entire country. 2014-15, they got promoted back to the Premier League for the first time since 2002. Good on them for staying up for several years. Last year, they finished right about where they are now, 10th place. Uh, they have the ninth-best offense, getting one goal per match. The defense is even that good. This is another team that I expect to uh, slide, as often happens with the most meaningless match. I would expect them to uh, you know, uh, end in a 1-1 draw today. Team's current form, they are 2-0-2 in their last four. And now we come to the true end of our podcast, the third and final bonus match appropriately the 13th match of the show. This is the match of Disappointed! And Kevin Sorbo's Herculean Scorn, it is well-deserved here because the match of Disappointed is always two of the worst teams in the entire league somewhere. We head back to Europe one more time. You voted for a Sunday match in Albania's Categoria Superior, one of the best names for a league that I've ever encountered they are only ranked number 49 in all of UEFA and not even that high because of these two teams that are weighing them down at the top end of things they'll get to see uh, send a team to the Champions League, two to the Europa Conference League. Both will have to start in the first qualifying round. On the much more relevant lower end of the spectrum, two teams out of this league of the 10 will get relegated, and one will have to play in a relegation playout match. They'll basically play a playoff with the third place team from the second division in Albania. Yeah, they have a 30% turnover potentially annually in this league. Your matchup is number 10, Castriati versus number nine, uh, Belis. Looking at the table, Castriati currently trail Belis by two. Bilas, in turn, they trailed number eight, Lacey, by four. That's the team in that relegation playout slot. And then the number seven team, Teotoduras, by five. So things it's getting a little late for these two teams to make a move. I don't like Castriotti's chance at all. But any chance they have starts with a win at home potentially today. Uh, they've played three times already this season since this is such a small league. Bilas won their two home matches And Castriotti won their other home match, 3 0. In fact, the series uh, between these two last couple of seasons is pretty close. Bellis with a slight lead, a 3 2 2 record earned. Castriotti, the club is uh, named after the family name of the 13th century national hero from here who fought against many other many peoples in the region including the ottomans in particular i do not know how to pronounce the name of the town they actually play out of i don't know if it's kruja or if that's a soft j and it's kruja k-u-r-j-e but i can tell you that it's 12 12 miles north of the capital of tirana and this city actually was the capital uh pre-15th century for a while in nation's history It's a city of about 60,000, and it was also a very noteworthy site for pagan rituals before Christianity was spread to this area. Footy-wise, they finished in seventh place last year, just out of the danger zone. This year, uh, the offense is pretty bad, but the defense is the worst in the league. It's not a high-scoring league. They give up one and a third goals per match. Uh, that's really bad for this level, That's and it gives them the worst goal differential by a factor of almost two. Team's current form, though, credit where it's due. They're 1-1-1 one, one, one in their last three, and they just beat number eight, Lacey, and home 2-1. to one. So They're trying to climb out of the cellar. Billis, meanwhile, that is an ancient name for when this town was part of the nation-state of Illyria. Uh, the city is now called uh, Balsh, B-A-L-L-S-H. Sounds dirty, but it's not. Uh, They used to have a lot of active oil wells here. There's still the working refinery that I think is the main crux of the economy. Uh, Cities in the south part of the country, only about 8,000 people there. The club is 50 years old, Uh, happy half centennial or whatever that would be called. This team has such a cool crest. It looks like it's a big uh, gold coin with a Roman script. And then there's a bird and the bird is not in flight. It's not an action oriented One, But it looks really cool as if it could be part of the coin But I suspect it's not for a variety of historical reasons I won't go into right now 2014-15, this club's president Amongst many other bad things After one particular game Beat the other team's players with a baton Right on the pitch He is not club president anymore And got into all kinds of actual legal trouble Not just with the FA Here's to hoping whoever's in charge there Is a little bit more level headed Or at least isn't allowed to carry big sticks uh, This team is probably Other than that Most famous for 1995-96 uh, They had a goal differential One year in this league Of 124-21 and 21. They didn't play in the Premier League though That got them promoted To the top flight they actually only finished second place in the league that year, though. That's the most incredible thing to me. 1998-99, they finished in third place in the top flight, and that was the best they've ever done. No league titles for them. But they have been in an international play before. Twice they've gotten to play in a tournament that is now known as the Europa League. Uh, that was right around the turn of the 21st century. Last year, they won the second division, which is called the Categoria A pare and uh, they're going to probably go right back down, too. They've got the worst offense in the league, getting only three-quarters of a goal per match on average. Team-leading scorer, which means he must be getting about all of them, with four is an Italian player named Louis Kakori. Team's current form, they are 0-3-2 in their last five. And while we would if we were prompted to do so, Wish good luck and good fortune to any of the other teams in this podcast. We will instead shoo these particular miscreants in a way in our usual fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was Get them away. Hey, boo. boo. And that'll do it for your Holy Week edition of Soccer Noob Rocket America featuring Person Noob. Thank you very much to he who is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry, to Dan the Interno Inferno for all of his creative efforts and inspirations, to my dad for his character work, so much fun, to my co-host Person Noob, of course. Love you so much. Thank you for helping out with this as always. I'm still going to eat up all your endangered animals, even the snaky snakes. Yeah, I don't care how slither they are. They're getting cooked and they're going down. And thank you to you, the listener, for finding us. We appreciate your tuning in, and we hope that you will pass us along to your footy-minded friends if you are so inclined. Until we do it again in a few days, have yourselves a fabulous footy week. Take care.
2: Get a rope.